sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being a vessel that you can use. I pray that you will speak to our hearts and minister to our hearts and even to our very lives. Let the purpose for which this word is intended be accomplished. May this word not go out and come back to you void, but let it accomplish that for which it is sent. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank God for his presence and his having been with us up to now. I tell you, it is of the mercies of God. Amen. This morning, I hope to be brief. Amen. And I want to speak to you about, daughter, don't lose hope. Daughter, don't lose hope. Acts chapter 27. Paul is being taken to meet the... Roman emperor to make his case and his defense. So he and other prisoners are put on a ship and they set sail. But before the end of the journey, havoc sets in. When you look at Acts 27 verse 14. But before very long, there rushed down from the land a violent wind called Euryclidon. And when the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. Running under the shelter of a small island called Clauda, we were scarcely able to get the ship's boats under control. After they had hoisted it up, they used supporting cables in undergirding the ship. And fearing that they might run aground on the shallows of Certes, they let down the sea anchor and in this way let themselves be driven along. The next day, as we were being violently storm-tossed, they began to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small storm was assailing us, from then on, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. When they had gone a long time without food, then Paul stood up in their midst and said, Men, you ought to have followed my advice and not to have set sail from Crete and incurred this damage and loss. Yet now I urge you to keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, an angel of the Lord, whom I belong to and whom I serve, stood before me. Amen. 
Now, Lady Pastor, why are you reading this shipwreck? Why are you reading this shipwreck story to us? Because I think that it depicts our lives sometimes. And they set sail to go to a place, just like Jesus set sail with his disciples. And no sooner had they set sail sail than there was a storm. And Paul, not being a captain, but being a man of God, told them that this ship, this journey is going to be with much hurt. Things are going to be damaged. Things are not going to go well. But when the people looked, the Bible says that the south wind blew gently. So judging by the south wind, what Paul said was not going to happen. So they used their um, expertise in naval things to decide more than what God had said. And so when the ship set out, in verse 15, no sooner had they set out than the ship was caught in a storm. And when they could not face the wind anymore, they gave way to it. And Paul says, and we let ourselves be driven along. Because as we go on the journey of life, sometimes there's a certain wind that faces you. It's not going in your direction. It's coming contrary to you. And some of the winds can be so great that you are not able to overcome it. So at a point, you just allow yourself to be driven along. And as you are driven along by that strong storm or wind, you wonder that, where are we going? And verse 18, the next day, as we were being violently storm-tossed, they began to take things, jettison the cargo, to throw it out, to lighten the ship a bit. Because now, you are the captain of the ship, the captain of your life, but you are not in control anymore. And as you walk with the Lord, you get to places where you are not in control anymore. In the first service, I said, break the cycle of control. But in the second service, I'm telling you, there are times when you are not in control. Larger things are in control. Greater things are in control. And they seem to like, just take over your life and you feel driven. It's like, I'm just being driven along this side. I don't like it, but I can't also overcome it. Amen. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard. Then, verse 20, neither sun nor moon nor stars for many days. And no small storm was assailing us. And then from then all, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. You see, as you go on on the journey of life, you do many things to keep the ship on course. And at various junctions of life, you you try various things to help. So first of all, it's okay, let's throw the cargo out. After that, okay, let's look at the tackle of the ship. Then here they said that after some days, there was no sun, no star, nothing was happening. And all hope of being saved was abandoned. Hallelujah. And as Christians, we will get to places where we will not have hope. Hallelujah. This is the Apostle Paul in a storm like this. 
And some of us may say, oh, but because we're unbelievers with him, that's why the storm, whatever. So come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Reading from verse 8. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8. We do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the affliction that came to us in Asia. We were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. King James says, we were pressed above measure beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. And this is the Apostle Paul. Have you seen Jesus personally on the road to Damascus? Have you heard the voice of the Lord call your name? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Have you gone to the seventh heavens and the third heavens? Have you gone to the desert of Arabia to be brought up by the Holy Ghost in the desert? Paul said, that's for me. I received my revelation face to face. I was not there with the apostles, but in the desert of Arabia, the Lord met me face to face. Have you passed and your shadow falling on people, they get healed? That was this great man of God. But he still said, we don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the affliction or the trouble that came to us in Asia. But many of us in the church, when affliction comes to us, we don't want anybody to know. We feel that what happens to us is our identity. So, I shouldn't be seen to be failing. I shouldn't be seen to have a lack in my life. I shouldn't be seen to have something that is not quite under control. But if you walk with God, you will come to that place in the storm where all hope of your being saved will be abandoned. And when you get to that place, what should the believer do? And Paul said, I will not have you ignorant, brethren, of the affliction that came to us, of the trouble that you didn't call it. You didn't send out invitation cards. You didn't call. There was no telephone calling to solicit the affliction or trouble, but it came to you. Hallelujah. Righteous people have affliction coming to them. Affliction is trouble, unpleasant experiences, things you would rather wish did not come your way. We would not have ignorance of the trouble that came to us, not that we called, not the trouble that we invited, not the trouble that we encouraged, but the trouble that came to us in Asia. He said that trouble was such that we were stretched above measure, oppressed above measure. You and I are pressed by many things. Hallelujah. There are many pressures. The word pressure and pressed are related. And pressure exercises some force on you and pushes down on you. And Paul said we were pressed. Not physically that I'm standing there and then you look flattened like pancake. You look whole. But in your life, many issues have been pressed. And then they press you. And Paul said, we were pressed. You will be pressed in your spiritual work with God. 
You will get to places when you feel weary. That's when hopelessness sets in. You are tired. The Bible says that, that the lame be not turned out of the way. It says, comfort the feeble-hearted, hearted, warn the unruly, comfort the feeble-hearted, and minister to the lame so that their feet will not be turned. So you are walking all right, but certain things make you lame. The Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season you will reap. If what? You don't faint. It means that usually when you are weary, you will feel like fainting. And that fainting is what I call hopelessness. Or giving up of hope. You do something, say, I'm not seeing the fruits. It's oppressing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You say, God, but you promised this, and I'm doing this, and rather the things are pressing down on me more. I'm not seeing the fruits. In ministry, you can get weary. You can get discouraged. And Satan will capitalize on that to minister to you more. Ah, since I became a Christian, my pressures have rather increased. <laughs> Hallelujah. We were pressed above measure. That we despaired even of life. The Apostle Paul. It's a stage. You, know, it's, you go through stages. The trouble comes. Then you try and fight, you try and then you are pressed. Then now it's above measure. Above measure means, you see, like the measuring jug. Maybe you are at six and the trouble is at eight. Or your temperature is at 32 and the trouble is at 42. Above measure. Hallelujah. And beyond our strength. I thought Paul was the one who said that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when you walk with God, you get to the place where you, it will be above measure. People say, Sister Mami, I'm tired. I'm at the end of my rope. I just want to throw in the towel. I'm tired of this marriage. I'm tired of this check that is not working. Five people for so long. I'm tired of the things I've looked forward to that are not happening in my life. I'm tired of the conflicts in my life pressed above measure and beyond strength so that, you see, above measure, then you come to beyond strength, but the reason is so that you will despair even of life. Even the, the desire to live is gone. And this is Apostle Paulo. Not little Christians like you. <laughs> that great man of God who built many churches above measure and beyond strength that we despaired even of life. Let's read on. We have to end soon. That we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Paul said that the hopelessness was so much that we have the sentence of death. That as for this situation, we are finished. We are dead. There's no hope. There's nothing happening. Look, it's bad news. That's what he's saying. But we have the sentence of death in ourselves. Why? That we may not trust in ourselves. So all the whole of God's idea and motive of bringing you above measure, 
beyond strength to despair of life is so that you will get to that point of so that we will not trust in ourselves. Because up until now, everything has been under your control. You balance your figures, you do reconciliation, you do balance sheet, your life, it works. Hallelujah. Everything that you said, some people say, you know, I'm a very determined person. What I decide, I accomplish. You talk like that when you haven't worked with God for long. (laughs) Hallelujah. When you have worked with God for a while. You say, oh, I know him. He's faithful. He has led me through this. That same God. He'll be faithful. But when you are younger in the Lord and often in age, you have plans of how things will be. Why are they always coming for marriage counseling? Ask for me when I marry, I will do this, I will do that, I will do that. No. I read an interview of somebody being interviewed, you know, of a prominent man. So, so as you are coming as a wife, what will you do? So, I'm not coming to do this and that. I'm coming with a new mandate and a new, hey, a lot of talking. I said to my husband, you see, this is about the third time I've seen this. You have come. You don't know what's on that chair. They ask you, what are you coming to do? So, whatever the Lord will leave. Because life, you can't see. But you, you have things, hey, 25 things that you are coming to do. How do you even know what it entails? And you are giving public speeches. As I've come, I'd like to be called this. And I'm coming now to do this. I'll create a refuge. I'll do this. Hey. I don't know. But I thought that, how do you even know what you will do? If it were me, I don't know what I would do because I feel that this road, you haven't walked on it before. How come you know already mapped out what you will do? Hallelujah! That we despair even of life, but we have the sentence of death in ourselves so that we may not trust in ourselves, but in the living God. Hallelujah! That's where God has been trying to bring you all along. You thought that if you work hard, everything will be okay. But then you had a health challenge. And you came to realize that it's not working hard. So, why are people poor? If they'll just work hard and do some quick investment moves, they'll be whatever. So, you were doing your quick investment moves when the doctor's report came. And you realized that I'm not in control after all. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, do, 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 do you have a pension plan? Do you have an investment? All those things are good. But that's not what will ensure your prosperity. Because the breath and the health comes from Jehovah. But you didn't work out that equation. Hallelujah. You didn't work it out. So, by by December, I would have saved this amount. And then based on that, I'll make this move. Thou fool. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Your soul will be required of you. And the things that you have acquired, whose will they be? Because the rich fool had forgotten. I'll pull down bands. I'll, I'll build more. You see, our plans and our strategies, they are very wild. You see, my plans for the ministry, and I mean, when I see where the Lord is taking me from, I'm going to do... Hey. We have the sentence of death in ourselves. You thought that when you are sick, you can heal yourself. After all, there are various medications... But you come to a point, they don't even know what the disease is. Before they will know what medication to give you, that is the end of yourself. 
and above your strength. You are doing your best as a wife. So I'm an A-class wife. I cook, I'm good in the bedroom, I bless, I do this, I do that. But why is the marriage not working? Oh, everything is in place. Why is it not working? Because except the Lord builds the house. The labor in vain that build it. Hallelujah. You think that you have to watch over everything. My children, where are they going? Are they crossing the road? Are they... Before your very eyes. When you just stand to pick the phone, he picks the, he climbs the table, come tumbling down. I thought that you were a good keeper of Israel and that you, you never slumber and sleep over your children. Beyond measure, above strength, that we may have the sentence of death in ourselves. Hallelujah. Where were we? <laughs> and when you come to that place, Lady Pastor, what do you do? I should tell you where. Okay. Romans chapter 15. All hope. There are times when I've counseled people and I listen to the problems. I say, hey God, so where, where is the hope in this thing? These things that they are telling me, where is hope? But you see, that's why we have a God. Because when the sentence of death is in ourselves, and even sometimes in we ourselves, the pastors, there's a sentence of death that we can't do much for you. But there's somebody who knows what to do in the first place. Hallelujah. Sometimes there's no hope financially. Sometimes there's no hope as you look in the future. And you, see, you see, when you don't have any hope, even if you had a little ray of hope, then you know that you can hold on it. But when you don't have any hope, but that is the main mission why God is bringing you to that place. The sentence of death in yourself. Romans chapter 15. Are you there? Verse 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction or admonition so that through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. Hope comes through the patience and comfort of the scripture. Hallelujah. You will see so many examples of people in the Bible without hope, including this Apostle Paul. But he comes to write in the book of Romans that all these things were written from, for our instruction so that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. When you look into the scripture, hope will come. Hallelujah. But many times... We don't look there. Many times God prepares you before something happens through your quiet time, but you won't even have the quiet time. There's no storehouse of the word. And every time we say it, you feel that it's like a law, something that I just have to do to please God. But it's for our own sakes. He sent forth his word to heal us. Many of us, our sicknesses and our brokenness is just the word. The word will heal us and make us whole. 
through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, you will see that even great men like Abraham stumbled. You will see that great women like Sarah laughed. You will see that great people like David said, why are the unrighteous prospering? What's happening to us here? You will see that great men like Paul despaired of life. And when you see that, ah, Paul despaired of life, but he still persevered to the end. How come? When you read all those scriptures, you receive encouragement. Hallelujah. Through the patience. You see, when you read scripture, you see the patience of even God, the perseverance of people. People just like you and I. Some of them, even their sins by the grace of God, you and I have not committed. And yet God still came through for them. And he will come through for us too. That we, through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So daughter, don't lose hope. And when you do lose hope, let the patience and the comfort of the scriptures minister to you. Hallelujah. And then the same chapter, we go to verse 13. He says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is something the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. It's something that is done supernaturally by God. Hallelujah. The God of all hope. Is that what uh, King James says? All hope. Or the God of hope. The God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? So that you will abound in hope. Abound means going above your measure. Bubbling with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's something you can ask God for. Paul was praying a prayer. He says, now may the God of all hope. So when the hopelessness sets in, oh, call on the God of all hope. And ask him to fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not everything that's by our power. So read scripture, know the comfort and the perseverance of the scripture, but also seek supernatural help from God. Hallelujah. So we have two ways when, two ways by which we can gain hope, isn't it? Second Corinthians 7 verse 5. Second Corinthians 7 verse 5. This message may not be for now. But the appropriate time will come when you will need it. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 7. Let's read from 6. Let's read from verse 5. For even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. But we were afflicted on every side. Conflicts without and fears within. Afflicted on every side. Do you know that sometimes the enemy comes in in that way? You turn here, trouble. You turn like a flat. When the enemy comes in like a flat. He says that we had affliction on every side. Conflicts within, without and fears within. That is a hopeless feeling. Hallelujah. He said, but God, who comforts the downhearted, comforted us how by the coming of titus god will send the titus your way 
in your time of hopelessness in your time of depression in that time where you don't see how but do we recognize the titles when they come because we get so clouded with what we think is happening to us that when titus comes we don't answer our phone when titus comes we don't respond to titus's text when titus comes we say tell him that i'm not in when titus comes we shut the door on his face but it's the titus that you need but the lord the god who comforts the downhearted comforted us how by the coming of titus may you recognize the titus for that particular situation may you recognize the titus when he comes and not only he will come but whether he will be received is also another hallelujah i have many tituses in my life and they come at very crucial times hallelujah sometimes when i feel discouraged somebody will just send an email or timely always and say something you know oh please don't stop preaching really but that's how i feel and that word will come don't stop preaching don't give up and sometimes now i get emails from people who listen to ghanaware.com your pastor's wives from all over the world that i don't know i said i was just on the verge of breaking my marriage i was so broken i couldn't even go to church because i was so broken but when i listened I went back as a renewed and changed and, and, and ministered to pastor's wife. From America somewhere, I just, well, if it's just even for one person, then it's worth it. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I watch Healing Jesus documentaries, and I see the places where they are going to, the people they are reaching, and they say, oh, if I should suffer a little affliction so that this should happen, then it's worth it. Hallelujah. God brings titles in different ways. Will you recognize your titles when he comes? Or will you send your titles away? Bag and baggage, just pack and get out titles. Your pastor is sometimes the titles God sends. Your shepherd is sometimes the titles God sends. That sister in the Lord is sometimes the titles God sends. That brother that email that text is the titus that god wants to comfort you with he makes full provision but whether you will receive is also another issue amen god comforted us by the coming of titus romans 4 romans 4 17 and 18 God. Seen any card? Okay. Romans 4, 17 and 18. Talks about Abraham, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he may become the father of many nations? Who against hope believed in hope? Hallelujah. You have to get to that place where against hope, when you look at the thing, against hope, but you believed in hope. The Bible says, consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners so that you may not faint 
in your work with God. There will be contradictions. The same God who will bless you at this time when you talk, he answers you not a word. What type of? <laughs> Consider him. Consider means give careful attention to. He who endured such contradiction. You are healing them and they want to stone you. You are healing them and they want to throw you down the hill. You are healing them and they are shouting Hosanna. And then the same time later they change their voice and say crucify him. Where do I stand? Consider him who endured such contradiction. Who against hope believed in hope. The fact that the thing looks hopeless. The fact that the marriage looks beyond redemption. The fact that that unsaved person looks beyond redemption. Against hope believe in hope. Daughter, don't lose hearts. When you get to the place where it seems like there's no hope, may the patience and the comfort of the scripture, may the coming of your Titus, may you have the grace to, against hope, believe in hope. And may you know that when you have the sentence of death in yourself, that is when God steps in. May you find strength in your walk. May all the weariness depart so that in due season you will reap because you will get the grace from God not to give up. God bless you in Jesus' name. Please stand to your feet. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? When the clouds unfold their winds of strife And the strong tides lift And the cables drift Will your anchor drift off every may? We have an anchor We have an anchor We have an anchor Hallelujah Oh Steadfast, yes, when the pillows roll, yea, fasten to the rock which cannot, yea, grounded firm and deep in the Savior. We have an anchor, lift up your hands against hope, believe in hope. We have an anchor, yes. Jesus Christ, yes, oh, granted firm and deep in the Savior's love. Father, I pray for every hand lifted up. I pray for the weary to be strengthened. I pray for the lame to be healed, that their feet may not be turned out of the way. I come for the feeble-minded by your spirit and by your power, O oh God. For you are the God of hope. I pray that you will fill us with peace and joy in believing. That we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask for a divine touch and miraculous visitation. The presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray and speak hope into the lifeless situations into the places of God where we have received the death sentence I pray that Lord you will step in that Lord you will give us life in the lifeless places thank you you know your people more than I do thank you you know the days ahead more than I do 
I pray for the divine touch. I pray for hope. I pray for hope supernaturally to fill the hearts of your people, to undergird them and to encourage them to rise up and to go further and walk with you. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. You can do more than the surgeon's knife can do. You can touch places where no human hand can touch. Oh, let there be administration to our souls, to our minds, to our intellects, to our spirits. Oh, I speak to that weary spirit, oh God. Weariness in ministry, oh God. I speak new life in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for your work. And thank you, Father, for answered prayer in Jesus' name. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.